Hello and welcome to the JFG podcast. My name is Alex and I'm not joined by my good friend Ash because he is on holiday buddies. So this is just going to be me for the first, I don't know, three quarters of this show. And then after that, hopefully, because Ash is due back the day before this recording is supposed to go live on the internets for your pleasure, uh, Ash will be able to join in uh, his triumphant return from his holishley. He can fill us all in, buddies, tell us what he's been up to, and so on. But until then, let's get on with the show. Hopefully this will be not too weird, um, not too shit. Uh, and I don't know how long it will be either. But, you know, we'll get there. It'll be fine. Um, so, yes, very briefly, what I've been up to, I have um, been having a lovely week. Uh, I had a barbecue in this wonderful weather. We made some sort of cheeky chicken skewers, buddies. It was a gorgeous thing. Very enjoyable indeed. And, uh, uh, you know, some of that Schwartz. Is it Schwartz or Schwartzkopf? One of them's a seasoning and one of them's a hairspray. I'm not sure which one's which, but we used the seasoning rather than the hairspray. And uh, very tasty indeed they were. Very nice barbecue, lovely weather we've been having here in England. Um, it's, it's a rarity, I will say that. It is a rarity. Uh, what else have I been up to? I went to the cinema, I saw the new Star Trek film, uh, which was good, but not great. It was fine it was clearly not jj abrams directing uh this is i think this was directed by justin lynn who i think i'm right in saying has directed several fast and furious films uh which filled me with dread uh, i saw the reviews on rotten and it looked around sort of 85 percent. so i decided it was worth a trip to the cinema for and it was it was a good film but it wasn't a great film there were lots of really stupid scenes Dumb shit that you feel probably would have been preventable uh, had Abrams been in the room rather than that executive producer tag that probably means he never even visited the set. I don't really know. But either way, yeah, it was good. It wasn't great. Uh, If you had to put those movies in order, then it would be the third best of the three. Let's put it that way. Uh, Other than that, I've been continuing my woodland yogging and uh, I had some sort of uh, harem scarum moment the other day where uh, a tree root came out of nowhere and uh, threw me uh, arse over tit, as it were. Uh, and I was I was set upon, I say set upon, he was trying to help, but he was very weird. This very strange bald boy with thick rimmed glasses came to my aid uh, And as he reached to pick me up, I noticed he happened to be wearing some sort of Pokemon glove. Uh, So yes, he was one of those. He was in the woods looking for Pokemon. Um, I don't think there's any Pokemon in the woods around the back of my house. But bless him. Uh, He was walking the dog as well, so I suppose it was multitasking. That's fine. Uh, He was a nice chap. Uh, And then on my way back, I saw what can only be described as an elderly lady... She was also looking for Pokemons. Uh, And I had my phone out because I was changing some tunes. And she just sort of triumphantly shouted, Pokemon! at me. Um, Which apparently is okay now. Uh, I haven't played Pokemon Go. I've heard some terrible things about the quality of the app. Uh, My phone doesn't actually support that app at all. Um, 
It's very old and shit. Uh, and that is the reason why I haven't played it. Uh, I'd like to say the reason is that I've no interest in that whatsoever and it's for babbies. But no. Uh, I would like to give it a go, but I cannot. So... I'm hoping these this this will die down soon because it's kind of freaking me out now. Everywhere I go, there are people wandering about, grinning with their phones, and everyone's being slightly too friendly for England, if you ask me. So yes, that's what's going on there. Other than that, buddies, I've been playing lots of games, uh, although not quite as wide a variety of games as I was hoping to play, considering Ashes Away and so forth. So it's kind of solo town for me, but no. Um, been playing bits and bobs and so let's head into uh, everyone's favorite section what I've been playing so firstly I'd like to draw your attention to this sad sad time buddies uh, this, this day was always going to come and I've been putting it off for some time now uh, eking things out and trying to wring every last bit of enjoyment out of the fantastic game Doom, which I finally completed this week. Uh, really tough, actually. Difficult at the end there. I uh, I really struggled with some of those few, last few battles, and it kind of throws a couple of boss battles at you that you think might be the end, and then kind of aren't, and then there's more, which was much appreciated because... I kept getting very sad that I was at the end, and then I wasn't, so I kept playing and I kept playing. But uh, yes, done and dusted, satisfied with the ending, and I really hope they make more more Doom games now, because seriously, I think that's the, the most enjoyable solo campaign I've played on a video game for, for fucking years, absolutely ages, and uh, just a total revelation, can't believe how good that game is. Um, I don't think the multiplayer is quite there to back it up at this point. I think, you know, if you get that multiplayer to, into the same sort of spirit of the single player, then you're talking a, a straight 10 out of 10 game of the year kind of thing. But for me, I just don't think it quite gets the spirit. And I think that's because they were hedging their bets. They were going for a, a sort of more approachable multiplayer they they played it safe with their i think ash said this a few podcasts ago they played it safe with their classes and their loadouts and everything none of that was necessary at all for doom uh, and if you play the single player then you'll completely agree but uh either way it have taken back that uh, multiplayer now from a third party studio and i'm hoping that it catches up with the single player campaign i've no doubt i will go back through this again uh Pretty much every time I log on to my console at the moment, there there are several people playing through this solo campaign. It's fucking brilliant, and um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more when Ash is, uh, has got through it, which I'm sure he eventually will. Um, but yes, intense, like camping, and very enjoyable indeed, buddies. So also, when we had our shunt reunion a few weeks ago, you'll remember, uh, Funk brought Far Cry 4 down on disc for me to try out, and... Uh, I'm about an hour into that now, and I really enjoyed that whole intro sequence, uh, that Pagan Min character, Troy Baker, which is baffling, can't believe that's Troy Baker, really weird voice that he's doing there, but he's pulling it off uh, as he often does, oi oi, and yeah, it's it's a Far Cry game, and it's very enjoyable it, without being spectacular, 
but it's kind of just opening out at this point. I've just kind of got into the open world kind of section. And uh, yeah, really enjoyable game. Um, so much to get my teeth into there. And that's kind of taken over from what I was planning on playing this week, which was one of Fallout and Bloodborne, because it felt really high time to go back to one of those games, having sung its praises so much and just not put enough into either of them. Fallout, not so sure. Not so sure about that, but I feel like I need to at least give it another go, try and get my money's worth somehow. But yeah, Far Cry 4, cool game. Uh, the other new one that I've been playing is Obliterators. We played this on game night last week before Ash went away. Funk's picked this up now as well. Uh, PJ was away, but I think he'll probably end up picking it up. It's... It's around a tenner, something like that. I was kind of expecting a Mario Kart game here. And I suppose it kind of is, but at the same time, it's kind of reminding me more of uh, Micro Machines or something like that, where, you know, a lot of the different game mechanics and a lot of the game ideas are to get to the front of the screen and lose your enemies off the back of it kind of thing. So uh, very much a sort of sprint kind of kart game. And the, the power-up's kind of conducive to that as well. It's uh, it's it's really fun. Uh, this is one that Ash uh, picked up on ages and ages ago when we had our short-lived uh, games worth investing in on Kickstarter section of the podcast, which lasted about two weeks. But yes, uh, this he, he picked up on Space Dust Racers, which was renamed Obliter Racers. It's been out on Steam for some time, and you can pick it up on the consoles now, and I would highly recommend doing so. It's uh, glorious... Uh, graphics and lovely art style running at a beautiful 60 with some really interesting characters and uh, really smooth enjoyable mechanics bit of a shortage of tracks I think but uh, I think you're talking four or five tracks something like that whether they'll add to that or not I'm not sure but um, all of the tracks are reversible and all of them have various different weather types which uh, really makes a massive difference to the way that they play so that kind of takes the edge off of that a little bit. But yeah, bit of a shortage there. But kind of makes up for it with the chaos of the fact that you can have up to 16 players uh, on the track at, at one time. Um, to the point where they've had to kind of implement the mechanic where you waggle your uh, stick to uh, highlight who you are at the, at the start before the uh, lights go out. If you waggle the analog stick, then it sort of pops up who you are because it's very easy to lose yourself in the throng. But um, yeah, highly recommended this game. It's it's a fantastic game for very little money and a really good party game and certainly a really good community game as well. I think that this is something that we, uh, we've we been trying to get back into community gaming. Uh, we've just had so much on and been on various holidays and stuff, but uh I think it's time to get back into the community gaming and this could be a very good entry point indeed. So uh, yeah, get on it and watch out for some community events that we make. So the main reason that I haven't been playing uh, solo story mode stuff like I was intending to do was I've got a little bit addicted to F1, which I know I play F1 all the time and I don't really want to talk about it too much, but... Uh, I'm very excited for F1 2016, which is out in, uh, well, my pre-order suggests 20 days' time uh, from when I'm recording this. 
2015 is a fantastic racing game. I think it's the best racing game on consoles. If you want to get into a racing game, uh, nothing else can provide you with the sort of exhilaration of this. And unfortunately, it's really bare bones as well. Like There's, there's a real shortage of game modes, a uh, real shortage of options, and uh, it's, it's disappointing because... They took a year off when the uh, the new-gen consoles came out. 2015 was the first F1 game to come out on the new-gen consoles. So it was incredibly disappointing when it came out and was like a launch title. You know, launch title FIFA where there's five fucking modes missing and then they add them next time round. And, and it seems like devs love to do that and pretend like they've put loads of new features in on the following one, which actually are just features that were missing from the last one and were implemented in the one before that. But yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying this game. I've got the wheel and I'm, I've been playing through uh, Season. The career mode is non-existent, so you, you can do quick race and just pick your favorite tracks and choose all the different lengths of uh, practice and qualifying and race times and so on. And it's just a lot of fun. I've just been playing a lot of this game. Uh, three or four races uh, a night I've been doing uh, at sort of 25%, so sort of 20-odd laps, something like that. And just hugely enjoyable. Um, and yeah, roll on the next one. Very excited for it. But it's it's prevented me from getting into any story games or anything like that this week. So, well, you know. What can you do? The night is young and the world is our mollusk buddies. Uh, and that is what I've been playing. And now it's time for the news. Yes, uh, we're lacking a jingle here, aren't we? But... Um it's all right, buddies. I can copy and paste it in from a previous podcast. I won't tell you which one, of course. There are beautiful nuances to our news uh, every single week. Things kind of change just a little bit, but uh, I'll pop this in now. Don't you worry. Here you go. My treat. And now it's time for the news. Number one. Number one. <clears throat> Number one. Um, rumors emerging from reliable sources at Eurogamer about the Nintendo NX. This is kind of the major news of the week. Uh, not much else going on, to be honest. But uh, yeah, big news on the NX. Uh, all rumors and speculation at this point, buddies. But uh, apparently, uh, the NX is going to be a handheld system that plugs into your TV powered by a mobile chipset. Uh, the chip is likely to be the NVIDIA Tegra or Tigra, depending on where you are in the world. Um, up in the air, whether it's the X1 or the X2. Uh, the X1 is a 2015 NVIDIA chip that is currently being used for, uh, among other things, the NVIDIA Shield, which is a, uh, a remote play portable device for Steam users. Uh, quite impressive tech, that, actually. Um, there is an X2 chip that isn't out yet and not much is known about it but 
if that was to be the chip that they chose, then that would make a significant difference to the power of the console. So at the moment, all we have to go on for the NX's hardware is this chip, X1 or X2. If it's the X1, it's likely to be slightly less powerful than the current PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Uh, if it's the X2, it should be ahead of them, although uh, probably not ahead of the Neo and nowhere near the sort of power of the Scorpio, for example. So we're talking about another underpowered Nintendo console here, which, I don't know, I don't know. Let's get through the rest of it, and then I'll tell you what I think about that. So, uh, because of the nature of the console, this is a, a portable device that can dock and plug into your television, uh, there's also talk of the controller bits of it, either side of the screen, popping off to become separate controllers for two-player gaming, which sounds novel. Um, I'm not quite sure how that would work, but I'd certainly be interested in seeing it. Uh, also talk of cartridges rather than discs, which makes sense because SD cards, you know, you can, you can get huge SD cards now, uh, relatively cheap, and... No moving parts means better battery life if this is something that's going to be portable as well. Um, suggestions that it will uh, transmit 1080p and 60 on televisions and uh, when unplugged from the televisions drop to 720, which of course would be fine on a portable screen. It'll look pinpoint anyway. But uh, yeah, I think that's about all we know at this point. Um... Obviously, this is such a departure from the Wii U technology that it's unlikely there'd be any sort of backwards compatibility there. And uh, I know Nintendo likes selling games from older systems, basically ROMs from older systems, uh, for substantial amounts of money. But this chipset would not be able to handle emulation of Wii U games. So um looks like they're cutting ties with the Wii U, uh, which probably is fairly sensible from a business standpoint but a little bit disappointing to the people who uh, bought one i suppose um i think my problem with it would be that uh, they've made it very difficult for third party support so you're talking something that isn't going to be competing with it, possibly even the current consoles let alone the half step neo or the two step scorpio and then you're throwing cartridges into the mix as well, uh, 32 gig cartridges, so uh, significantly less storage space than a Blu-ray, although obviously if, if these things are scaled down that might not matter. But I just wonder if they're falling into the same trap with third-party support here. Uh, are an EA or a Ubisoft going to support this console in going into the future in a year or two's time? If it's such a complete ball ache to make software for it, you're talking bespoke, uh, completely bespoke software on carts rather than discs, just a massive pain in the fucking ass. And I really think the death of the Wii U was that lack of third-party support. If 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 that happens again on this, then I don't see how things will improve. Um, I suppose the answer is if this console is cheap then perhaps it doesn't matter if they're marketing this as everyone's second device, you know, not competing with an Xbox or a PlayStation necessarily, but uh, your second console. Um, and then maybe that would work if it was cheap enough, you know, if you're talking sort of 179 or cheaper with a game or two. Um, it would be tempting for a lot of people, especially a lot of people with kids, 
but also people like me you know if i'm if the scorpio is coming out before a sort of powerful playstation 5 or whatever uh, and i'm hanging around waiting for something to spunk my money on then maybe an nx would be the answer um playstation vr i'm kind of still skeptical i certainly think vr is the future but skeptical about that specific device and its longevity and its compatibility with consoles that aren't the neo um so yeah i don't really know we i suppose we shall see i'm also interested in seeing what ash thinks about this but yeah at this point that's all the information we have uh Rumours of a reveal in September, possibly at the Tokyo Games Show, which is not really Nintendo style to piggyback on the back of other events, uh, but they could certainly do something that week or around it, kind of feed off the hype of that particular expo. Um, and I'm still really excited to see um, to see what that is. Uh, the idea of a portable and a home console, uh, rather than the whole 3DS and home system that they've got at the moment would give them space to branch out into mobile even more, which, you know, it looks like that's fairly successful, even if they didn't make Pokemon Go. They're dining off it quite nicely. Um, so, yeah, that's what we know, and uh, we will keep you posted on that. Uh, just on that Pokemon Go thing as well, buddies, um, news that Nintendo put out some sort of statement to shareholders uh, saying, uh, clarifying that they didn't make uh, Pokemon Go. And whilst they are a 32% stakeholder in uh, that company, Niantic, they don't expect massive profits and they've already factored those into their current quarterly projections. Uh, this sparked an 18% drop on the day of the statement in their shares, which is massive and suggests that there's a lot of fucking idiots who bought shares not knowing that Nintendo didn't make that. Um, you'd like to think in in buying of shares, which is, you know, a kind of technical thing already, that people wouldn't be fucking idiots, but the facts don't lie. It suggests that they were fucking idiots and a lot of people jumped ship when they realized they weren't going to see a massive payout from the game that the company they invested in didn't make. Uh, I don't know. People are fucking dumb or... I don't know, I don't know, but that's what happened. Um, there we go, anyway. Let's move on to CD Projekt Red, buddies. Uh, this is uh, the news that CD Projekt Red wants PS4 and Xbox One crossplay uh, and has developed and implemented that, but is waiting for the green light from Sony. Sony are always the fucking party poopers in this. It seems like every time there's talk of crossplay or the possibility of it, we're all waiting for Sony to be like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't understand. Uh, I, I don't, I suppose I could see why Microsoft might be more on board with that sort of thing because uh, they're kind of more of an open system anyway, especially with their universal platform and their PC gaming and so on. Whereas Sony's kind of more closed. Maybe they feel they don't really need uh, to open their platform to. Uh, cross-play and other systems and stuff but uh, I can kind of understand CD Projekt Red's point of view obviously they're producing a card game that they want to kind of compete with titles like Hearthstone and uh, Hearthstone famously is cross-play on many many different devices you can play between Mac and Android and iOS and all sorts so I can totally see why they want to do that and um, I 
I suspect Sony will bite the bullet and cave here because they'd look really bad otherwise. Um, especially now CD Projekt Red have kind of gone public with that fact. Um, which may well be a move on their part to leverage Sony into acting. Um, I hope so. I think that having, you know, uh, there could be problems cross-platform with certain genres of game, but certainly a card game is not one of those genres that would have a problem. So, makes sense to me, buddies, and it'd be lovely to take on some uh, Xbox One chums. That'd be cool. So next, I don't know if you were privileged like I was to tune into the Sonic 25th anniversary live stream, buddies. Uh, what a fucking shit show that was. Amazing. Uh, if you want to see uh, highlights of that fantastic affair, then head over to Jim Sterling's YouTube channel. He's done a, a super cut of the best bits in inverted commas. Uh, this was an absolute shit show. Uh, sound cutting out, all sorts of problems. Sonic having to be led on stage because he couldn't see in his costume. I suppose the eyes didn't line up. Um, also, when they finally revealed what they were trying to reveal, uh, it was playing on the uh, the net stream, but not in the building, and the presenter didn't know that the trailer was playing and talked all the way over it which was heard on the internet by all the people who were watching the trailer completely ruining it wonderful stuff uh i just don't know why sega came out of the hardware market i don't know what happened there but it's really strange anyway sonic normally we wouldn't even fucking cover sonic we don't give a shit about sonic he hasn't been of any value since I suppose, when did Sonic Adventure come out, the original? Probably 2000 on the Dreamcast, something like that. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't even agree that that was a good game. I think it was great. It was certainly the last good Sonic game, if you ask me. Um, so yeah, they've announced two new Sonic games for the 25th anniversary celebrations. Uh, one of them is, the, is a follow-up to Sonic Generations by Sonic Team, um, which you know you can blatantly just disregard because... Everything's been terrible for years, and that's the team that made those terrible games, so why would this one be any different just because of an anniversary? More interestingly, and the reason that I'm even continuing to speak at this point, buddies, is uh, Sonic Mania, which is going to be a new Sonic 2D affair. Uh, this is based on the original Sonic engines, rebuilt from the ground up, featuring new levels and classic levels as well. And I'm totally on board with that. Uh, I was a Sonic kid when I was little, and uh, I, I loved it on the Master System, I loved it on the Mega Drive. Sonic 2 is my favourite 2D side-scroller of all time, and they clearly can't do a 3D Sonic, or they just don't know what they're doing or aren't capable. Um, but why not a 2D one? Why not indeed? And this is coming out on all platforms, uh, in I think it was March 2017 was the release date, and that's cool. I'm on board. I'm well up for a new Sonic game, like a sort of sequel to Sonic 2, Sonic 3 kind of thing. Uh, fine by me. Ignore the first one and get on board with that one. Uh, next, some complete bollocks from Microsoft. Uh, you now have to sign into Xbox Live every five years, or they'll delete your gamer tag and someone else could have it. Um, that was a strange statement for them to announce. Uh, I, I suppose I understand them wanting to be able to recycle gamer tags. 
you know, Xbox Live is massive and they're talking about this whole uh, universal platform and backwards compatibility on consoles going forwards. You know, in 10 years' time, you might want to be able to reclaim the gamer tags from people who bought uh, a 360 and then moved over or whatever. Uh, but the bone of contention here, of course, is what about your purchases? Is this your whole account being closed down or is it just your gamertag being lost? Um, a lot of different publications have reached out to Microsoft about this and uh, when I'm recording this now, I don't know for certain, but it sounds like uh, you need to sign in every five years or you'll lose all your purchases as well. So if you haven't logged into Xbox Live for a while and you've got some purchases on there, buddies, then log in right now. I'm telling you to log in right now. If we're still going as a podcast in five years, then uh, I will remind you again, I promise. Uh, pinky swear. But yeah, log in to keep your purchases and your gamer tag. Um, what the fuck are they doing here anyway? You know? I mean, they're talking about building some sort of infrastructure going forward where there's console iterations and your old software isn't getting lost. And then they're telling you that if you don't log in regularly, or semi-regularly, five years is definitely semi, um, but if you don't log in semi-regularly, you will lose all your old purchases. That doesn't make very much sense to me. Very much mixed messaging there. So, fuck knows. I don't know. Have a word, Phil. Jesus. Uh, next, No Man's Sky does not require PS Plus membership to be played. Um... Details are still purposely sketchy about No Man's Sky, uh, the online components, among other things. I don't know what's going on with this game. The, they've clearly decided, Hello Games and Sean Murray, that no one can know exactly what's going on here. They've, they've banked on that being a good idea. Uh, we are used to, in this day and age, knowing everything about a video game before it arrives. And being informed and then making informed purchases. And it's been a very long time since games came out uh, and you bought them by taking a punt or you just bought them out of hype rather than information. Certainly, uh, I think if you're listening to this podcast, if you listen to gaming podcasts, then you're in this camp with me. Um, I'm not comfortable about splashing out on a game I don't know very much about and that's why I won't be pre-ordering it so whether they're doing damage here by being purposely fucking ambiguous I don't really know but um, from what I can work out the game's universe is procedurally generated but that generation is going to be across all games so it's not actually your own private universe like it was first uh, expected to be this is going to be procedurally generated but one universe is procedurally generated for everyone and when you log into the game that universe is ever expanding and more planets and things are being discovered but those things are the same for all now uh, this announcement that you don't require ps plus suggests to me that you won't be able to uh, meet up with friends or bump into other people um They've already said that you can leave messages and you can name things and other people can stumble across those things. But I think saying it doesn't require PS Plus is the final nail in the coffin for any hopes that you could rendezvous somewhere and meet up with your friends and do whatever, this, that and the other. Um, which is a shame, but at the same time, this game is so grandiose and so 
ambitious that I suppose we can forgive them for that. Having said that, I might just be chatting shit, buddies. I'd love to have researched it, but of course I can't because the information isn't there and that's their decision. Who fucking knows? Uh, Sean Murray and Hello Games knows. Um, I guess we will see. But I'll certainly be waiting for the reviews on this thing. Uh, and there's every chance I would have bought it day one had they actually informed me about it. <laughs> I'm just salty because this is a video games podcast and I can't bring you information that I want to. So <laughs> that's why I'm annoyed about it. Uh, next, there is a new PS4 system update on the way. This is 4.0. Uh, and if you head to your region's uh, PlayStation website, you can sign up. You just pop your gamer tag in. Uh, and then when the beta for this new system update goes live early August, you will have the option to download it. Sony have also said that if you don't like whatever it is, you can uh, roll it back to the current system. Uh, no details on what this is yet, of course, but... Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll do a Hello Games and not tell us what it is, buddies. Don't even know, but we always sign up for these. It's always interesting, something to talk about. And uh, I think the last big update was communities, among other things. So, yeah, normally when they do a beta, it's because there are big new features being implemented, and that's kind of exciting if you're a PlayStation gamer. So uh, we've signed up, and uh, I suggest you do the same. We'll be talking about it uh when it comes out and um yeah we shall see uh, and finally from me although i suspect when we do talk to ash uh at the end of this podcast he'll have some favorite news things of the week some news favorite things of the week it's very difficult to remember sorry buddies uh, but finally from me the 500 gig and one terabyte xbox ones xbox ones i i just read it as it is xbox one s's the 500 gig and the one terabyte Xbox One S's uh, are releasing on the 23rd of August, but only in North America, Australia, and New Zealand. We do not have an EU date yet. Um, I was kind of thinking they were going to hang on with those and hope that everyone splooged out on that two terabyte model. But um, yeah, 23rd of August it is. Uh, I expect the EU will follow suit very, very swiftly after that. But um, yeah. That's me for now, and that is the news. And now it's time for Fonz or Phoenix. So it's a simple Fonz from me this week, buddies, and it's kind of more of an advert, to be honest, but don't worry, uh, it isn't Squarespace, this is for charity, that's why I'm doing this. So I'm issuing a Fonz and encouraging you to head over to Steam, if you have a decent PC, uh, to buy Help the Game, which is uh, a new Steam bundle, which stemmed from a charity game jam earlier in the year. So for £9.99 in the UK, or... Um, whatever that equates to in your region, you can pick up 13 new titles from a host of devs, including Team 17, Creative Assembly, Curve Digital, Sports Interactive, and Sumo Digital, among others. Uh, all proceeds go to War Child, 
which is a, a charity foundation that protects children living in the world's most dangerous war zones. So you're giving money to kids to protect them from danger, and in return you are getting 13 interesting indie games from established developers. It seems like a bit of a no-brainer to me, buddies. Bacardi and Cola, do it. So, yeah, there you go. It's a font, it's as simple as that. Head on to Steam, 9.99, make a difference, download some games. Uh, I'll certainly be doing that as well. Some of them are Mac compatible. Um, I suspect Ash probably get involved too. Uh, and I look forward to talking about those games on uh, next week's podcast. And now it's time for Out This Week. So it's uh, that point in the soak, buddies, where my lover and I start to crave spiced meats. We have reached the end of the month and therefore have games for gold and PS Plus lineups. So let's get stuck into those. Um, Don't hold your breath, though. Let's uh, bring it down a little bit here. Let's get a bit dour and a little bit sad. Because um, this ain't pretty, buddies. Um, okay. Warriors Orakai 3 Ultimate and WWE 2K16 for Xbox One. And on 360, Spelunky and Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, those are 360 games that are backwards compatible, although I thought Spelunky was on Xbox One already. Uh, maybe not. Uh, either way, uh, Unless I suppose unless you're a wrestling fan, that's a pretty shit month. It was a really poor month for the Xbox gamers. Uh, although possibly better than what we're getting on PlayStation, I must say. So, uh, PS Plus, Rebel Galaxy, Tricky Towers on PS4. Uh, PS3, we have Yakuza 5 and Retrograde. The Vita game is Papaton 3, and the crossplay game is Ultratron. So let's get stuck in here, shall we? Uh, Rebel Galaxy is. It's like No Man's Sky, it's, uh, or, or Elite Dangerous, or something like that. It's, uh, it's a survival space exploration game. Quite why you chuck that into PS Plus the month that No Man's Sky is coming out, I have absolutely no idea. Now, maybe. Playing this game would encourage more people to buy No Man's Sky. I'd imagine if you had No Man's Sky on pre-order, then you'd have played Rebel Galaxy already. Uh, I, I'm i willing to try this game. I'll give it a go. But it does feel like a very strange time to get stuck into a space exploration game that isn't No Man's Sky, the highly anticipated AAA fucking game from Hello Games. So, weird. I think it's weird. Um, I don't really understand. Uh, the other one... Tricky Towers, this is a a versus Tetris game, so it's kind of a multiplayer Tetris game where if you don't stack your Tetris well, then everything could fall down. So it's kind of Tetris Jenga, or perhaps we could call it Tenga, buddies. That'd be good. I'd like that. Um, so yeah, wow. Thanks. Thanks very much. Um, elsewhere, Yakuza 5... Uh, there was some sort of glitch. I think it was a glitch. Some mistake. It's hard to keep track of Sony's mistakes, to be brutally honest. But Yakuza 5 was free 
uh, about two weeks ago on the store for a day, uh, and I added it to my, um, my I added it to my account. I don't have a PS3, but I thought you know maybe one day backwards compatibility. Who knows? Um, so I actually had that, and uh, the fact that it's actually PS Plus makes me miserable, buddies, because you've now all got something that I've got, and I thought I was being clever. So fuck you all. But Retrograde is the other one on PS3. Fantastic. Uh, Papaton 3. Excellent. Okay, cool. Uh, and Ultratron <laughs> Crossplay. Absolute, like, run-of-the-mill box standard indie game. It's poor. It's a poor month. It's a poor month for both systems. Uh, I, I suppose wrestling could be a giggle, but uh, having listened to the Video Gamer podcast with... Uh, wrestling expert Simon Miller several times I've got to say he's not a fan of that game and uh, he's the biggest wrestling fan I know so not the best not the best from either party we will try these games out of course we always do Uh, we'll talk about them on the show I'm sure free games are free games and we'll give them a go but I'm not remotely excited about it and it's so disappointing when when you see that lineup and you're like oh brilliant so yeah just giving more and more reasons for people to say PS Plus is indie shovelware. Well done there. I do not understand why three years into this console cycle we can't get some AAA games from the from the opening year of the of the system. There's plenty to choose from. They're all very cheap. It's you know it, monetarily you're talking a similar amount to some of the stuff that you're serving up. Just fucking give some people some AAA games and then they'll stop moaning even if they aren't good games they will stop moaning I do not understand it anyway uh, let's move on to the other things that are coming out this week Uh, starting with Abzu on the PS4 and PC this is a really gorgeous looking scuba diving exploration game really beautiful sort of cell shady cartoony art style to it I don't know how much this is going to be but I I watched some videos and I was fucking sold, buddies. Uh, I'd really like to uh, check this out. Um, very pretty. Worth YouTubing. Abzu. It's got some weird uh, accent on the U, but I'm sure you can find it without that. Worth looking at. Uh, we also have Battleship on the Xbox One and PS4. This is a Ubisoft game. It's Battleships. Uh, it looks like a very snazzy version of Battleships, but at the end of the day, long and the fucking short, buddies, it is Battleships. So... Yeah, if you like battleships, then you won't believe what they have in store for you. Elsewhere, Cannon Brawl is coming out on the PS4. Um, this, yeah, this looks fun. It's like a tower defense game. It's like a cross between a tower defense game and Worms. So it's a, a 2D um, Worms-esque sort of map, but you've got towers either side, and you can deploy units and try and destroy each other's towers got a whiff of free to play about it i'm not quite sure what they're going for with the pricing structure here but yes it looks fun i think the yogs played it ages ago simon and sips so you can check that out if you want to know what that's like uh we have live lock on the xbox one ps4 and pc this is a top-down twin stick shooter uh, sci-fi-esque kind of um hell divery alienation type thing but Graphically very, very pretty. Uh, kind of blows those games out of the water. So if you like your twin-stick shooters, and let's face it, they they tend to be very fun, even if they aren't well-made, uh, this one looks gorgeous graphically and could well be worth your time. We also have Risk Urban Assault on the Xbox One 360, PS4, and PS3. Uh, it's Risk. 
its risk. Uh, we have Batman, the Telltale series, episode one, Realm of Shadows, on the Xbox One, 360, PS4, PS3, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android, buddies. This is out on the 2nd of August. Uh, I presume by the fact that this is coming out on tablets and phones that they haven't done anything to the engine. And I suppose we just assume, we just bed in now, buddies, and assume that they will never change the engine in 20 years from now we'll still be talking about Telltale's shitty fucking game engine. It was shit when they first used it. It's still shit now. Uh, you either like Telltale games or you don't. Uh, I'm I'm not knocking their storytelling ability. They, they got some good stuff there, but I'm really sick of them now. And uh, I have no interest in this or Batman, frankly. So not for me. Maybe for you. Elsewhere, we have Overcooked. Uh, it's coming out on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. This is a this is a game that I played at Rezd, actually, uh, earlier in the year. It's uh, an indie game. It is basically a sort of top-down kitchen game where you have to cook shit. You can do it multiplayer. I think that's where the fun will be here because uh, it didn't feel very fun to me when I played it, but I only had a couple of minutes with it, so probably take that with a pinch of salt. Or, uh, Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a cooking game. You get orders that involve you doing various different tasks. Maybe take this over to the chopping board, chop this, chop these mushrooms up, then put them in this pan, then remove the pan at a certain time. It's all timing-based, sort of chore-based action. Um, I don't know if it has online or not. It it was very sort of couch co-op when I was playing it. But yeah, don't know if it's fun, but. It's an interesting concept for a game anyway. Uh, and finally out this week, we have The Road to Balhalla on the PC. Uh, this is a rhythm-based Marble Madness platformer. That's what I wrote. Uh, it's showing my age there. I had Marble Madness on the Sega Master System circa uh, fucking, I don't know, 1992, 93, something like that. Um, but this is a sort of rhythm-based platformer where you play as a little ball and it's kind of got that isometric look to it so you can kind of roll around and fall off shit. It's got some of those super monkey ball mechanics. Um, and kind of the retro graphics of something like that video ball that came out recently. Like, it, it looks interesting. I quite like the look of it and I may well check it out. So there we go, buddies. That's out this week. And now it's time for the JFG Top 5. So I guess I'm cheating a little bit here, buddies. Normally this is a kind of collaborative thing, but I suppose with Ash absent, I can have my very own little top five. And it seemed, therefore, like an excellent time for me to get stuck into my game of the year. I know we're in uh, July, uh, perhaps August when this is published. Can't quite remember that. But, uh, yeah, I have games 
that I like. And we're well over halfway through the year now, and perhaps some of them will still be there at the end of things, and some of them won't when we go through our exhaustive Game of the Year podcast that I'm certain Ash is very much looking forward to uh, at the end of the year. But for now, buddies, uh, this will be my top five. This will be my top five games of the year so far. Uh, And unlike our normal top fives, I've actually put these in order. So uh, this is a five to one uh, in order of preference. And let's get the ball rolling with number five, Dirt Rally. So, yeah, I... I have really enjoyed my time with Dirt Rally. I took a bit of a break from it after completely overplaying it for some time. Uh, it's quite an intense game, very demanding and, uh, yeah, not very forgiving. Uh, and I played it fairly solidly for a couple of months and kind of started getting a bit frustrated when I made a mistake. Um, of course, with these physics-based sims, Uh, the mistakes are always your fault, and it totally was my fault indeed, but yeah, uh, I've recently gone back, and I love the way that the the leaderboard system works on there, and the various uh, online matches that you can do. Obviously, it's all ghost stuff and leaderboard stuff. It's kind of the way that a rally should be, although we did have a lot of fun playing it, uh, playing the rally cross mode on there. They have got some circuit-based stuff. It's just only four or five tracks that they have available. But um, this is a fantastic game. Uh, it's worth mentioning this week, of course, because uh, on PlayStation, at least, it's on uh, some sort of pretty big discount. I think you can pick this up for £25 this week. Uh, I think might even be less than that, I'm not sure, but I I highly recommend this game. Um, You know how much I like racing games, so uh, you'll either take that with a pinch of salt or take that to mean I know what I'm talking about. But yes, very addictive, um, very unforgiving, but very rewarding as well. You get to the end of that stage having not twanged it into a tree, uh, you feel pretty good, buddies. You feel on top of the fucking world, so highly recommended. That's my number five. Uh, Number four, Overwatch. This has kind of dropped down my list uh, a little bit recently, but it's not really the fault of the game. Uh, It's kind of circumstances beyond our control. Normally, uh, I play multiplayer games like this on a a Friday game night with uh, Funk and PJ and Ash and and, and, and assorted others. Uh, And recently, we've had lots of commitments and various people have been away on this week and then that week and so on we really haven't had many opportunities to sit down as a big group and take a whole overwatch team and i think that's where this shines i i don't want to play overwatch on my own i've never been one to jump into team shooters with with randoms and and actually enjoy it i tend to just get frustrated that i can't uh, talk to them and form tactics and rely on them uh, like I can with my buddies who I've played games with for the last fucking 10 years or whatever. So it's not really the fault of Overwatch that I haven't played this for a few weeks, but it certainly feels, and I'm sure you'll know what I mean here if you've got it, that this game is not going anywhere. This is well supported. We've got a new character in Anna this last week or two. Uh, new modes and new levels on the way. Uh, It's going to go from strength to strength. You know what it's like with Blizzard. They're not going to toss it under the bus. So, uh, Although I haven't played it for a while, I'm not too concerned about that. And 
yeah, it's, it's loads of fun. It's my go-to multiplayer shooter and had to be on my list. Uh, number three, Firewatch. Another watch, buddies. Very, very different, though. Uh, this came out back in February, which seems like a fucking age ago. It's around mine and Ash's birthdays. Uh, you know what a sucker I am for story games, especially if the scripting's good, and especially if the acting's good. Uh, this has all of those things in spades. Uh, it ran like arse when it first came out. They've since fixed that. It's, uh, it's very well optimized now. You don't need to worry about that anymore. Regularly going into sales as well. Well worth picking up. Uh, just a fantastic story. Wonderful mood that it set. You really did feel like you were out in the sticks. Uh, and the conversations that you could have. The choices that you could make with dialogue. The fact that you could just remain silent and ignore people that you that were trying to talk to you. Um, it, it was such an interesting experience. Uh, a very satisfying ending from a sort of well-rounded reality point of view rather than some sort of bombastic video gamey kind of way kind of topped things off for me it made it feel even more authentic and uh i i, I really do suspect this will still be in my top five uh i could probably say that about this one and the next two but uh firewatch is a wonderful wonderful game if you like story in your video games then it really is a must buy Number two on my list, for many of the same reasons, because uh, I've never been completely convinced by the mechanics, but this is Uncharted 4. Uh, Naughty Dog going from strength to strength. Uh, I think, again, a wonderful story, wonderful different uh, mechanics, and mo-capping and acting, and that sells the whole thing before you even get to the gameplay. Uh, the gameplay, as such, as someone who played the Nathan Drake collection from start to finish this year uh, is a vast improvement on the previous Uncharted games and uh, incredibly enjoyable. The, the combat is far better to the point where I almost stopped complaining about it completely, the shooting and stuff. Um, it's a fabulous game. We don't need to go into too much detail here. We did a spoiler cast on this about 10 episodes ago. You can find it on our feed if you have played this and want to hear us talk about it some more. Um, but this was always going to be in my top five, and again, uh, I'd be very surprised if anything managed to usurp it before we got to December, but I suppose we'll see. Uh, so long-term listeners of the podcast will probably already know what my number one is, uh, and that is Doom, buddies, the game I completed this week. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I haven't had so much fun with a campaign for probably like a fucking decade uh, unbelievable it is a uh, fantastic shooter uh, and people kind of praise it for being retro but i think it only takes the best things from old shooters it's retro in that respect in the sort of health pickups forcing you into combat kind of way but not for the sake of it you know it's still got the mantling and the double jumping and the the wall movements and, and the streamlined nature of a, of a modern uh, shooter. It's got everything. Uh, I, I think the, as I said before, I think the multiplayer is slightly lacking at this point, although there's going to be some sort of double XP weekend uh, this week coming, I think. So I'll probably be jumping back into that. We may well be playing that on game night this week. But yeah, what a fantastic fucking game Doom is. Uh, 
really, really looking forward to whatever they do next. They keep rebooting these franchises in and, and going from strength to strength. Uh, and if something comes out in the second half of 2016 that is better than Doom, then fucking fair play. That will be my number one, I presume, on uh, <laughs> on this list in six months' time. Either way, buddies, that's my top five games of the year so far. Number five, Dirt Rally. Number four, Overwatch. Number three, Firewatch. Number two, Uncharted 4. And number one, Doom. So this is where I'll sign off, buddies. You'll hear from me shortly because uh, I'll be recording with Ash in a couple of days' time. Uh, at which point we will go through any questions that you've sent in this week and so on. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail here. I don't need to. You're going to hear from me again in literal seconds. But uh, I hope you haven't found this uh, solo escapade to mind-numbing and uh, thanks so much for listening to me sitting in my room with a couple of Cronenbergs chatting away like a prick. Uh, Catch you in a second. And now it's time for Ash's triumphant return. Hey buddy, welcome to episode 70 of the podcast, how you doing? Thanks for having me on the show, buddy. It means a lot. <laughs> He's been wanting to be on this thing all his life. <laughs> I finally made it. I'm here. Huzzah. It's Friday. We're halfway through game night. I'm at least three beers in. Everything is fine, buddy. It is good. Everything's coming up. Millhouse Funk setting his wheel up at the moment, ready for some F1 action after this, which will no doubt be a terrible idea because oh, normally dear. we start with the wheel action so as not to kill each other. Gibbons. But uh, nevertheless, uh, because of the intense dedication we have to you, our wonderful listeners, we have taken time out of our game night to have a little chat on the end of the podcast. Uh, if you're still with us, that is, after the mind-numbing, miserable <laughs> antics of of the rest of the show yeah, but how, anyway how did you find that buddy was it fun did you enjoy it, it was it was utterly terrifying um the uh, the idea that you would sit down press record and speak for an hour and that be engaging was too much for me if i'm honest so i yeah. just kept drinking and in the end it wasn't so scary anymore um whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, the listeners will find out, and uh, I guess so <laughs> we'll will you yeah, <laughs> as well. Buddy. So I'll, uh, I'll have a listen to that. Why not? Exciting for you to listen to the podcast, uh, having not heard it or been part of it up mm. until that point. So. I'm looking forward to but Out anyway, This Week, my favourite section. You love Out This Week. Yeah. <laughs> I do, definitely. I said, and now it's time for the news, and then I just didn't know what to fucking do. I was like, um, <laughs> shit. Uh, no, number one, I guess. Just so now it's time for the news. Number one. I don't know. I'll find so, out. How was your holiday, buddy? Tell me about your holiday. Uh, um, and then tell me what games you played on your holiday. Uh, it was great. I uh, went a bit north-east uh, from where I am, uh, up to Scarborough. Went to, obviously, Scarborough, Whitby. 
Philly, is it, or Philly? I don't know how you say it. Nice I'll, part of the world, buddy. It is. It's a nice area. I mean, the weather was okay. I mean, the the first three days we were there was absolutely fantastic. So that was it was a good time to be on the beach. When in the sea up to my knees, it was a bit cold. Not gonna lie. That'll do, pig. Um, there's loads of seagulls. Saw one get run over by a bus, and that was weird. You know, that made a horrifying <laughs> sound. Like, yeah, that happened. Ugh. Yeah. Um, w- once again, buddy, I bossed the two P machines. Fucking all over that. I d- I'm I'm just like a natural winner when it comes to two P machines. So I, you need if, to go on tipping point with Ben Shepherd, buddy. Maybe you could earn some serious dollar there. I played uh, a pachinko machine, buddy, as well. What a genuine one. Genuine pachinko machine, which was pretty shit. Cool. The bed, buddy. Spill the beans. I don't know. Like, I just I put my money in, and that was about it. And I was like, what is this? It's confusing. I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> it flashed at me, and that was it. But yeah, two P machines, mate. That's where it's at. You know, that's that's where we are in this country. I feel that's our like pachinko machines of of here. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, so the, the the technique is you scour around the arcade looking for stuff on the edge. So uh, in this particular place, um, uh, they they had like. Um, tickets that you could win yeah and then you, at the end you total um, you put your tickets in the machine it tells you how many you got and then you pick a prize in the end we had over 400 tickets it was amazing and we got all kinds of sweets and shit it was it was fantastic loads of fun I f- fucking love that i love that shitty arcade thing buddy yeah man like it never gets old no matter how old you get it's still fucking an absolute joy True. it really is we played some uh, ski ball there was like a, a, a um, some kind of machine where you have to like shoot ducks with water to get them through a hole. That gave you some tickets and stuff. It was really cool. Like um, there was all different machines that would give you tickets anyway. Didn't it didn't matter what it was. It was just having fun. It was cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we made some some sick sandcastles, buddy. Some really cool ones. Um, we we bought like um, a, a um, obviously a sandcastle making set. I didn't know these existed. But it had, like, your main castle. Then it had, like, different towers you could put around it. And then the best thing was it had a bridge. You could make, like, a mould of a bridge. And I was like, this is just... it's a For one pound, this is, like, the best pound I've ever spent. It sounds like some next-level shit there, man. Gibbons, buddy. And then, obviously, finally, um, just lots and lots of fish and chips being on the, uh, on the sea. You gotta have that fish and chips, and it was oh, beautiful. You gotta love that. Gotta it was love lovely that fish times, buddy. Really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, had a lovely time. Sounds like a genuine, like old-fashioned British holiday. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice. the classic thing. Like, um, like once a year, normally, like we go away with um, the grandparents because, like, they go off caravanning. So we just like tag along with them. It's like last year we went to like the Isle of Wight and that was like the same experience kind of thing. Hit up the uh, 2P machines and stuff like that. It's, it's just loads of fun. Simple. Nice, I man. Say. Sounds but, like a very successful Hollishley. Gibbons, buddy. Uh, it worked really well and also the drive home uh, was uh, congestion free, which I really liked coming down the A1 and uh, everyone going north was just like in mecha traffic and I was like... 
I'm so glad I'm not in that right now. I just want to get home because uh, it's Friday, it's game night, and uh, I need to record uh, some sort of podcast, or section <laughs> of a podcast, I would say. Gibbons, buddy, and we're happy to have you. Oh, uh, thanks, thank buddy. God, in I'm fact. Thank God for yeah, you. <laughs> I can't do this shit on my own. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, um, other things that I, I've been doing, obviously, took the tablet with me. The tablet, tablet watch. We could say this section could be, I guess. Indeed, it depends indeed. if you can be asked to do the uh, reverb on your voice or not. I mean, tablet watch. I mean, it's there to do it if you want. Now, I guess it'd be rude not to at this point. True. Um. So prior to going down, I um downloaded um a load of the like Netflix shows. Uh, I I own Netflix or I subscribe to it, so I didn't feel bad ripping them off even though you know i'm paying for it anyway i i didn't have any wi-fi or anything where i was and i knew that so but i downloaded um the season of stranger things have you heard about this buddy i have i've heard a lot of hype about this actually recently it's very cool like i don't like, like scary that, things but I, I could just about cope with this um a lot of people saying it's like stephen king or whatever it is um like 80s like thriller kind of scary shit like that you know i can't remember was it was it giant bomb that we're talking about this on their podcast i don't um, know buddy you might not have heard it because you've been away i'm pretty away. sure uh that this week's giant bomb actually they were talking about that show so you might want to listen to that oh but, cool um, yeah i'm i've got that. one episode to get through um so i'm i'm gonna watch that maybe tonight i don't know i might be a bit pissed who knows? Um, but really, really enjoying that. So like, I've watched, I think it's like seven of the eight episodes. Um, the soundtrack is awesome. Really, really cool. Like, eight is just fantastic. Like, sounds like, even like the, the stuff that they made for the show, like the, like the, the intro, like, um, or the credits or whatever it's called. Um, it's just really, really cool. Um, it's kind of modern, but still 80s. Like, being like a, a guy that deals with a lot of sound in his job, it's uh yeah i highly recommend it just because it sounds wicked nice man i'll have to look into that definitely buddy um so now i guess i talk about the games i've played um because mainly well i just want to briefly mention oh, while we're okay. talking about netflix uh, okay my intense fucking hugely girly excitement at the two minute gilmore girls teaser video that went up this week uh, from Netflix. Holy shit. Holy shit. That thing's coming out <laughs> in a couple of months' time. Me and the missus need to step up our regime on the old Gilmore Girls because we're only on season three. And oh, mate. I'm not waiting for her, buddy. When that thing comes out, all bets are off. So she needs to buck her ideas up. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And obviously she listens to this podcast, you know. Religiously. Religiously, yeah, that's the word. Yeah. No, so, not for at least a year and a half. I think the last one she listened to was the one she was on. Ah, well, <laughs> so, that will happen. Like you know, no one four. likes to hear their own voice. I mean, we have to edit it and listen to it on a weekly basis. Yeah. And I hate every minute, buddy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think she listened to make sure we didn't make her sound stupid. <laughs> Maybe. That will happen. Fair. I mean, we, we, but yes, we will anyway, do uh, tell us about the games you've been playing, buddy. You've been in Mobile Town, so yes. what have you got? Uh, so uh, I've, I've played four main games that I will talk about. Um, I did a tiny, tiny bit of V-tarding, 
but not a lot. I, I thought I'd play that a lot more, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I was just obviously like I was fresh with the with the tablet. I I installed a few games on there and I was ready to go. So the main one that I played was uh, Civilization Revolution number two, or just yeah, not number two, just two. That would make more sense. I've heard real mixed things about this. Like some people think that it's uh, it benefits greatly from being sort of. Some people have kind of disparagingly called it a sort of dumbed down version, and other people have kind of embraced the simplicity of it. Where do you kind of come down on this? Well, I was um, quite a big fan of the original uh, Civilization Revolution, which I played a lot of on the 360. Uh, I was like, wicked, I can finally play Civ on a console. And it worked reasonably well. It was fine. Uh, like you say, it's very much a, a simplified version of it. But the, this um, number two, uh, I'm going to call it, as in, uh, yeah, that. It's it's good. It's got enough in there, I would say, to keep you um, intrigued in, like, Civ itself. Uh, but, you know, the, it is missing a fair chunk uh, of uh, stuff you can do with uh, your cities. Um I found the um, moving of like your infantry and stuff like that. That that was fine, and being able to swatch out, uh, swap out. So like on a tablet, you just hold down over the the person, and then it would select them, and then you tell them where to go, and then you confirm it, kind of thing. Um, the the being able to hold characters and things in certain places, and I I would lose where they are because navigating through. Um, the world isn't as smooth, obviously, with um, like a mouse and keyboard, uh, which I kind of missed. Um, so, do you think that? How do you think the how how you enjoy the game uh, is affected by the fact that you're a bit of a uh, I suppose civ veteran maybe isn't the word, but you know you you've got a real history with this game. You've played a lot of Civ Five. You've watched a lot of Civ Five. Yeah, yeah. The, the fact that this is a bit of a different animal, how is that kind of... Do you think that, that it, it's better or worse? Do you think someone who's never played Civ at all would, would prefer this to someone who's like a bit of a veteran? Or do you think that you kind of understand where they've simplified and kind of can appreciate that? Yes and, uh, and no, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, they, they, they've definitely simplified it, I would say. But in a way that there's still quite a lot of depth to it. It's not as simple as the original uh, Revolution, I would say. Um, it's it's a good game. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's Civ on a tablet. I mean, what what more do you want, really, uh, in a nutshell? Uh, it, I just really enjoyed the fact that I, I could play this game. Um, I on the, on the tablet I've got it. It can I can run Android and Windows 10, and I had uh, Civ 5 installed on this tablet like last December when I got my first one, and I played a couple of games on it. And what? Firstly, it didn't run great because obviously it's a tablet; it's not going to be able to run it super smooth. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and also, like, even though there there is a mode in it for for touch screen, it's not fantastic whereas obviously this game is designed to be played on a touchscreen and also it's the same game that's been released on the vita do you remember me saying uh, or when when we said um, out this week you know my favorite section we had uh, that xcom come out on the vita and also civ this game come out on the vita at the yeah same time. i mean uh 
Ellen's played a great deal of Civ on the Vita. She really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's the exact same game. And, um, like, well, as you said, she's enjoyed it. And I, I just really, yeah, I, I, I loved having Civ in a mobile form. It was just another platform to play Civ on, really. I mean, it, yes, like you say, it's dumbed down, but it's still an enjoyable game, I would say. And I think so. Yeah, you can you can take it in both ways. Like you could you can call it dumbed down, and I suppose purists might do that. But at the same time, it, it, you have to understand the limitations of the device that you're playing it on. It's not necessarily yeah. dumbed down. It's it's simplified, and you could even describe dumbed down as optimized in this instance. So yeah, yeah true. That sounds really cool, man. Sounds good. Gibbons, bunny. I just you know it, it makes me think like why why can't they even just like port some version of this game? onto like the ps4 or xbox one just to totally. have something there you know like because we would play that even like it'd be because it, even on my ta- tablet like th- this game run or ran not as smooth as i would like it i'm sure on the vita it runs a lot better and you know if you chuck this like onto the ps4 like it would be smooth as fuck and you know probably only about eight quid which is, I think, I think that's how much I paid for it on the um, app store, about eight pound. And yeah, it, it's quite expensive for an app, but you know, I wanted to play. But you've got that pedigree, buddy. so you know it's exactly. Worth it. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be good. So yeah, totally, man. Civ, buddy, it's cool. Um, I love Civ. Civ's awesome. <laughs> sure is, <laughs> Gibbons. Um, yeah. So. Um, like I said to Funk the other day, um, or last week, I, I can't remember, um, it, it was um, the Google app for the Google game for Tempe, and that was Carcassonne, buddy, and fuck me, how cool is Carcassonne? I've forgotten how good that game is. It's such a good board game. Really, It's really another is. one of these games that we used to play on the 360, yeah. and then when I met when I met my missus, she had the actual board game. So yeah. we actually play Carcassonne quite regularly. She's got the expansion pack where you can put pigs in the fields yeah. and uh, builders in the fucking cities and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can pay it. extra and get all the expansion packs on, on the app. But like, I was just playing Ugh. bog standard Carcassonne and... Oh, it's so good. Like, like I, I started playing. I was like, I'm not going to remember any of the rules. And immediately I was like, yes, I'm going to take over this road. Oh, right. He started to build a bit of a castle. If I put one this side and put a man in it and put one that side and put a man in it, I can overthrow him. And that castle's mine. I was like, this is awesome. Sign of a good so, game, buddy, where you can just fall back into yeah, it. Yeah, like seriously. Like, um, it, it's it's a good version as well uh, on on the um, app store. Uh, very easy to you know do with the, your fingers, just point and there it goes. And yeah, like I, I must have played about like I don't know nine, ten games of that. And you know, like I started off just one v one, and I was like, oh, I'll step it up. You know, three people in there because you can add up. I think it's up to like five AI characters. I think it is anyway. And so, yeah, it was, it was just lots and lots of fun. Very cool game. Enjoyable. Nice, man. Good stuff. Strange game now, buddy. Do you remember ages ago I bought that uh, Game Dev Tycoon? Was it Game Dev Tycoon? I can't remember if that was the name. You know, where you build, like, um, you're a game developer in your basement and you uh, it's, uh, you have to build games and, you know, you get... Yeah, I watched, I watched a whole series of Sips playing that game. So, yeah. yes, Absolutely. So, um, I found a game called Fizz, 
brewery uh, brewery management game, <laughs> which is pretty much the exact same, but you brew beer and sell it in different pubs. That sounds fucking cool. <laughs> it's it's so like mind numbing. Um, like literally, you're like pick this, like pick the ingredients, start brewing, get a quality of whatever number, sell it, try and make a profit, and then you can go into like um, looking at um, uh, you you can sell your beer at different bars, and you can see what kind of people what like types of ale they drink at different bars and how much they'll play like a low uh, a medium and a high quality beer and stuff like that and then like later in the game you'll find like there's seasonal places like um there was like a surf shop uh, or surf shack sorry and that would only pop up during like the summer season but you could get a massive return there because people would pay a lot more for your beer especially if it's a good quality one it was it's a, it's a total numbers game but um, I I must have played I don't know about two hours of this game like through the week and it was just I don't know so pointless but I I just enjoy just going like yeah my beer's getting better and then like you can enter your beers into like different competitions and stuff like that it was cool I think it was only like eighty p or something on the store but sounds like a good app for Funk's trip up north yeah it's well, a massive massive time wasting game it's so pointless <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, buddy. And um, the last game that I played briefly, but I, I feel like I, I should say something about it, is Hitman Sniper. So oh, yeah, this is uh, this is one you were talking about before you went away. Actually, this one. Yeah, I, I've, I've I've played a bit more of it, and um, I really like it. Um, it seems like everything kind of just happens. Like uh, you've got one level, uh, and you have um, like different targets each time. But then there's like bonus objectives, like shoot a guy and make him land in like the um, hot tub or something like that, or take out these two guys without being seen or something like that. So you you are just literally up in a mountain looking over this entire level, like um, I think it's just like a, a boat and then people all around it. And um, you zoom into your sniper and then that's your view, obviously, and like you swipe left and right and you can hold your breath and take stealth shots and things like that. And obviously after each um, game, I'll call it, I don't know what it's called, I can't remember what it's called in the, in, in the actual game, is each time you do a mission, we'll say, um, you get points the way you can upgrade your gun or upgrade your breathing and stuff like that. Um, it's a really cool game. Uh, it, once again, it's, it's a great time waster. Um, you can. It looks like you can take this game a lot further than what it is when you first see it. There's a there's a lot more to it, I would say, than. Uh, it sounds like it's. Uh, it could be a really good VR game with the whole static position thing and the looking around and zooming in and stuff. Sounds like it'd be really conducive to like PlayStation VR or something like that. That's not a bad shout, to be honest, buddy. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. Because half the problem with shooters is that you can't move in VR, you know, without moving your stick or whatever, and they yeah. they have these the Vive stuff with the teleporting and that sort of thing. This sounds like the perfect fucking antidote to any sort of movement, like a sniper position. Yeah, why not, buddy? That, that, yeah, like um, you're up in the mountain, it's just, yeah, and you just look around. Totally. Gibbons. Nice. Yeah. I'll play that for a fiver. Why not? But I think I only paid like 50p for that, obviously in some sort of sale. Mainly I buy stuff when it gets cheap. I don't like paying full price. 
Beautiful stuff, buddy. Beautiful stuff. Gibbons, buddy. And um, the the bit of V-tarding I did, uh, I played a bit more um, of The Swapper, which um, I really want to finish, um, especially now that I, I remember the mechanic where you can slow down time. That really helps. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I tried some uh, one of your... Um, favorite games or games you really enjoyed which was uh, velocity 2x and i tried playing that and i was just like my brain cannot work at these kind of speeds anymore like literally it's, it's a steep learning curve but once you get uh, it it's incredibly addictive yeah I, I gave it a go for half an hour and i was like no like there's too much for me to th- I, I like the <laughs> fact that you control how quickly it scrolls kind of thing i like yeah, that absolutely but yeah, that hurt my brain, so I stopped. I feel I feel <laughs> like having the big screen might be a massive advantage there. I think perhaps playing that on the console might be a good idea. Yeah, because, uh, possibly. It it is a, a a sort of lots lots of things going on, lots of things to think about type game. So yeah, give yeah, that's cool, buddy. Well, yeah. So that that wraps up my my week in games. I know I, I rambled on a bit there, but you know, tablet watch, buddy. It's all good, buddy. No worries whatsoever. (laughs) Every week, we end the show with questions and comments sent in by you. If you've got anything for us, just pop an email to the jfgpodcast.gmail.com or contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or at justforgamers.co.uk. Let's finish things off with a bit of street beat, buddy. JFG street beat. It's fucking JFG street beat. You got a question we wanna know? Facebook, Twitter, we're on a mall. So hit us up and be on the show. The JFG street beat. Do you like that jingle? I do. I probably just popped it in. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I like that jingle, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got some bit, some bobs. We got a couple of questions from JJ, and we got one from Bob. Uh, well, Bob's is more of a, a, a tale that he sent me that I thought that needed an airing because it's an example of a different kind of uh, way of looking at things, which I quite liked. So, anyway, let's get the ball rolling with JJ. Uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, JJ's first message, he was allegedly drunk, and his second message, he apologized for being drunk in his first message, but. I really couldn't tell the difference. He was very eloquent in both of them. So uh, <laughs> I was going to say, could have gone the other way there, buddy. Could have gone the other way there, buddy. It's by going there. It's fine. Nice. Don't worry. Uh, so firstly, uh, JJ says, So after completing South Park, I realized, other than how good it was, that it was satisfying to actually finish a game. Yay. I was just intending to check out. This is a this is a cautionary tale and and obviously a perfect example for you buddy because you rarely get the time to finish shit so this could be kind of something good for you Uh, the game got better the longer i played and things i would have missed if i just stopped and said good game halfway through yep uh jfg gave me the heads up on south park so i would like you and or the listeners to help me whittle the backlog so he's got some games that he needs to play through (laughs) Uh, and he'd like us to try and prioritise them for him. So, uh, what? And and he wants to complete them as well. Yeah. What's his What's his best route through this selection of of games here? Okay. Okay. So, uh, we're tackling the Vita first. 
He's got Bastion, Shovel Knight, and Axiom Verge. I mean, I'd say Bastion as one of my first because I really enjoyed that game. The narrator is just the best. Like, seriously. I've never experienced anyone better than that guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I would say Bastion uh, is, as uh, as someone who likes that game, I can never remember the name of it. It's like a blind spot in my existence. Transistor. I That's got it on my the own one, buddy. Mm. Um, I would like to play Bastion, so maybe you should play Bastion. Shovel Knight is a uh, it's that it's a, a sort of two D roguelike, isn't it? Where you yeah. sort of bounce on enemies. Uh, so, uh, Axiom Verge, very sort of sixteen bit sort of throwback game, quite difficult. Um, I'd imagine out of the three, Bastion's probably the easiest. I would uh, say so. Perhaps the easiest is the best place to start, JJ. Uh, maybe you could get through that first and uh, feel a sense of accomplishment despite the fact that the difficulty was lower. As I understand it, Axiom Verge is very difficult to yeah. complete. Um, and Shovel Knight as well is no mean feat either. <laughs> um, PS4, he's got Metro Redux, Infamous Second Son, Dragon Age Inquisition, and Wolfenstein the Old Blood. I've literally forgotten what the first one was and the second. Metro Redux. And the third. And the fourth. Infamous Second Son. It's difficult for us to answer these because we've kind of got allegiances to certain games and we've got things that we think about the others. So for me, uh, we've been considering buying Dragon Age because it's like a fiver on the store in the EU at the moment. Yeah, Um, I'm going to buy that. Probably going to happen. Wolfenstein the Old Blood, is that the expansion? Is that the DLC? Or is that the full game? You've got my whatever it is. I gave it to you. Did you? The new order? Yeah. Yeah, so it's the expansion. (laughs) So uh, if you're you're desperate to get through shit, then disregard the expansion, because if you completed that, you wouldn't feel like you completed a proper game anyway, so we can discount (laughs) that. Um... Discount Infamous because it's fucking dull. (laughs) So uh, I would go for Dragon Age or Metro there, but this is very much a personal preference type thing. Infamous, um, the what was the one that we got? First Light. First Light. I enjoyed that for a while. I mean, I didn't go back to complete it, which I said I probably was going to. Um, (sighs) I just feel like that, that, that world is empty. There's just not enough in it, you know? True. Like, Metro, I just can't play that. I I played the first one and got scared, so stopped. It's still yeah. sitting there on my Steam account. One day I might play it, but probably I won't. will play that one day, but yeah. now is not the time. Uh, JJ also says, uh, sadly, this is only a few of the games he's got in his backlog. <laughs> uh, if you like, I'll let you know what I think, or I'll just shut up and play the games. Thanks, JJ. P.S., Fucking Trials has got to fit in somewhere, so maybe not Dragon Age just yet. <laughs> While you've <laughs> been away, buddy, I've had uh, regular stuff on my What's New section of JJ breaking records on Trials. So just just a word of warning there, FYI. Well, you know for a fact that Trials was well, Trials Fusion was never my forte. I, I just went around, got the gold medals, and left it at that. But you know, I might have to. You're talking most get of your records there. are single runs. Most yeah. people think when they look at them that they couldn't possibly be single runs because they're too good, but you are that good, so that's why they look so good. Now what happened? That's a bit of a disadvantage to you. Yeah. 
Uh, next one from JJ. I'm not sure either of us are in any way uh, able to answer this. But anyway, he says, uh, I was like so many other teen boys that their first great JRPG was Final Fantasy VII. To this day, I can remember so much of that game like it was yesterday. In the waning hours of the game, my trusty PS1 memory card corrupted and oh, all was lost. Never Genova did. wins. <laughs> I haven't been able to touch a game longer than a few hours since and foregoing all JRPGs. Has an experience like this ever turned you off of a genre completely? JJ. So he's avoiding all JRPGs because of that terrible instance when his PS1 memory card I mean, died. I'd probably just avoid JRPGs in general. Well, that's because <laughs> me, I, you, I like just me, can't get on with them. I, no, I've tried so many times. I mean, we, we be we were talking to Funk about MMOs and and stuff earlier, and I was just like, I really want to play them, but I just can't can't find it. And I, I feel the same with like a JRPG. Like I want to get into one, but there's just, I, I've tried so many, and they never fit with me. Uh, it's just. I don't know. I've decided that this is a genre I need to get into, and I have seen my entry point, buddy, in the name of Persona. Okay, possibly. I'm gonna, I am gonna get Persona, and I'm gonna play through Persona. I've well, decided. if you get it, I'll get it. The new one, yeah. Persona Five, when it comes out. Uh, I was listening to another podcast, uh, PSR UK, and they were talking about it, and he was saying that you don't need to have played the other ones to understand the new one. It's new characters every time. In, in a game world that is familiar. So you don't need to have have some sort of like previous knowledge of things, and yeah. it's time that I gave one a go. So that's where I'm jumping in. Um, I'll do that with you. But yeah, I, I haven't really played any. I, I never got into Final Fantasy. Uh, I played the demo of Final Fantasy VII on my PC in about 1998, and I didn't understand the hype or what was going on or anything but i didn't really give it a chance i was playing weird shit like fucking carmageddon and mage slayer at the time so um yeah i don't i don't think anything's ever put me off an entire genre to be honest um without me already being completely uninterested in that genre to begin with yeah i I just said being being some kind of schoolboy bitch puts me off horror games for life yeah, that's a different thing, though, isn't it? That's a <laughs> bit of a different yeah, thing. Definitely. But uh, so, yeah, no, like the, I've ne- I've never been put off a, a genre. I would say, um, I had my GTA three, um, save corrupted when I was at like I don't know, just shy of like a hundred percenting that game. Like I'd done everything, and I was just collecting whatever it was. Uh, I don't think it was pigeons back then. I can't remember. There's something anyway that you know, like the little things you have to go around the whole entire map to collect, and yeah, Gibbon, and yeah, that fucked on me. I was not happy. I didn't have a backup or anything of it. I was ah, oh, so many hours put into that, just wasted. Just fucking never went back to GTA Three after that. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty lucky with my games. I've never really. I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I've lost all my progress, so I think I'm very, very lucky in that respect. I've never had like a memory card die or a save game. Closest I came was, I think, Tomb Raider 3, where I got stuck in a situation where uh, it auto-saved just as I was about to die, and I lost the whole game. But cool. it wasn't a great game anyway, buddies, so I wouldn't worry. That sucks, buddy. It was annoying. <laughs> got repeatedly murdered by a barracuda. 
It's not whoa, whoa, idea. whoa. Surprise In murder. the end. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the end I got a save game off the internet that, like from just before where I was or something like that. So oh, I missed the internet this week, buddy. I'm sure. I'm it's sure. Been painful. I couldn't live without it now. No, me neither. Let's finish things off. Finish things off from uh, from something from Bob. Uh, not really a question as such, but more his experiences of late. So Bob says. Uh, just had a little thought after your last pod. Uh, I think he's referring to the podcast where I said I'd been playing 360 games. Yeah. Um, still using my 360 from time to time because I have a hard drive full of sweet gaming relish. But I also recently controversially picked up a Wii. Ooh. Crazy, I know, but here's the thing. I bought one from CEX with Mario Kart, two controllers and two steering wheels for £30, which is stupidly cheap. That's worth it. I game on a fairly tight budget, as do we all, and there's a wealth of quality games available at low, low prices. I used to run out and get the latest games, but now I get a much bigger buzz from picking up cheap games on a budget. Where is the need to update purchases? Why feel compelled to buy anything at full price? That's Bob. What do you make of that, buddy? Yeah, the Wii's still good. I mean, we've still got one kicking about and we use it on a semi-regular basis um i wouldn't say there's a wealth of content on the Wii. there's a selected few games and like even like looking around for like these games like on, on the Wii. like uh, i think i was looking for like one of the mario games like uh the the simple i can't remember which one it was you know where it's 2d but 3d that classic 2.5D side scroller. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's back. And um, (laughs) uh, for the Wii, I can't remember which one it was, uh, but I was looking for that. And that was like, the cheapest I could find it was like 20, 25 quid. I was like, for fuck's sake, this game's like old and it's on the Wii, which is shit. This should be like two pound. So like, I, I understand like, yeah, there is a wealth of like, old content um for for these previous consoles and stuff but sometimes it's it's a bit weird like the pricing of them i don't get it it's odd i think for me what it comes down to as someone who's been playing 360 games and and i'm I'm still playing 360 games and i'm enjoying them is it comes down to your gaming habits and who you play with because these old games um a lot of them the servers are gone if you're playing online games then you kind of there's an incentive that you you kind of feel like you need to stay kind of on at least vaguely recent so that you can continue to play games with friends and yeah i can't i can't really go back and a lot of the servers on games that i used to love are gone now so it wouldn't even be an option to continue playing them and therefore it kind of makes sense to keep moving forward with the times and keep playing games as they come out also yeah. i'm a sucker for great graphics as well Me too. which I can't get away from at all. Um, I totally understand. Like, and certainly, if if you've got a couple of gamers in the house with you, then uh, there's there's a wonderful wealth of software to be played. Uh, I still occasionally play my Mega Drive, so there's there's lots of great stuff there. But um, yeah, it's kind of a toss up. I think there's room for both. I think there's room for 
picking up very cheap old stuff and uh, enjoying new stuff as well. That's kind of where I come down on it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm a fan of all games if they're good. <laughs> In a way. Exactly. Some yeah. games don't age. Some games are just fucking perfect forever. Yeah, that's another thing on, on the tablet. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, emulators on there now as well. Uh, I, I took um, Pokemon Blue with me uh, on uh, on the Game Boy emulator. Uh, I didn't get around to playing it, but, you know, obviously all this, like, talk of Pokemon Go. I was like, no, I'm going to go and catch some proper Pokemon. I'm not going to walk around with my phone. I saw so many people walking around, like, on the beaches and stuff with their phones. <laughs> out. I'm like... Oh, just die. Just die already. Yeah, man. You you listen to the first half of this podcast and you'll hear some similar tales, I promise you. <laughs> nice, buddy. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, definitely uh, old old gaming, even though it's not that old. Like, you know, there, there's a wealth of games out there. And yeah, if if you can, yeah, if you've got the time to play them, go for it. If you, if you don't want to go for the latest releases, go for it. But I like you say, I'm, I'm a sucker for... The latest and greatest, and that's what I want most of the time, buddy. Agreed, buddy. Gibbons, full-blown. So I think that'll about do us, buddy. Thanks so much for joining us for this last section. Very kind of you to take time out of your game night. I'm saying that as if it's not mine as well. Yeah, it's uh, not yours, it's mine. Funk's like driving around the fucking Nürburgring right now going, what the fuck, where are they? So yeah, we 45 need to minutes late, we're still it. going. Oops. Yeah, yeah, Gibbons. <laughs> Uh, oh, well. Cool, buddy. Uh, we'll play some games this week. We're going to need to get into Soma this week, among other things. I'm very Heads excited. Heads up, buddy. This week, while I was away, I got invited to the Elder Scrolls Legends beta. So I'm, I've installed it now on the computer, and hopefully I will report back. Nice. Looking forward week. to hearing about that as well. Gibbons B. Me too. Sweet. Sweet, buddy. Cool. Well... Thanks very much for listening, everyone, if you still are. Uh, <laughs> you can find us at www.thejfgpodcast. No, I've done it again. www.justforgamers.co.uk. I caught it quicker this time, though, nice, didn't I? Nice, well played, yeah. I didn't even We need to buy that other case. domain. Uh, I'm sure it's available. Uh, Probably. <laughs> you can find us at Facebook forward slash the JFG podcast. Twitter are, uh, at is at the JFG podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud forward slash just for gamers. YouTube, search the JFG podcast. PlayStation, search the JFG podcast. And we are also on Google Plus if that is how you choose to live your life. Thanks so much for listening, buddies. We'll be back with a full show next week. <laughs> uh, until then, I've been Alex. He has been Ash. Goodbye. Goodbye, buddies. Goodbye. You've been listening to the JFG Podcast with Ash and me, Alex. To find out more, head to www.justforgamers.co.uk, Facebook forward slash the JFG Podcast, or Twitter where we are at the JFG Podcast. Episodes go live every Sunday, and if you could pop onto iTunes and write us a quick review, we would love every inch of you, even if you got old and fat. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.